Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good evening to everyone. It is good for us to have this time to study together. I announce that our theme for the day is expectations. And I said that tonight I'm going to ask you, what do you expect from your preacher? And it has generated a number of comments. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 20, and I want you just to leave your Bible open to that text. And we're going to notice from the words of Paul who had gone to see or had called the Ephesian elders to come and see him. Paul had the idea that the end of his life was near and he wanted to see them and talk to them and give them some final words, if you will. And he, in doing so, gives a very good description about what he did while he was among them. Now, I don't know a preacher, and I'm certainly not one, who would want to compare himself to Paul and make people believe, well, there's Paul's ministry and here's mine. Looks pretty similar. I mean, none of us want to do that. But I do believe that from what Paul says, that there are some questions that I want us to consider about what do you expect from your preacher. Now, somebody said, is this interactive? Well, Janet can interact if she wants. She's sitting here. That's about it. Now, online, if you want to interact, I think you can. There's a chat function there. If you want to send me a text, if you want to send an email. In fact, I rather believe there will be some interaction between you and me if you are a member of the Richmond Church on this issue. If you are joining us from some other place or if you are listening to this at a different time, I'd like to ask you to consider what you expect of your preacher, where he is and the work that is there. And then I have a special way that I want to ask you to do something as we get to the end. Now first, before I ask you these questions, I want to admit that there are a lot of views that people have about preachers that are rather contradictory. Now, I've been preaching now for 43 years. And in that period of time, I've heard a lot. And uh, they are conflicting ideas. For instance, you probably have heard why the preacher gets paid too much. Somebody might say, the preacher doesn't get paid enough. Well, those are contradictory ideas, aren't they? 
How about this? The preacher just works too much. The preacher only works three hours a week. Here's one that I went through. The preacher works for the elders. No, the preacher works with the elders. Difference of views. The preacher spends way too much time in an office all the time. The preacher's never in the office. We never know where he is. So you see, <laughs> there are a lot of conflicting views about the same preacher by the same people with whom he's working. Odd situation, isn't it? Now, the question is not to figure out the answer to those things. But I want us to think about what it means in this text to understand what to expect of a preacher. And the interaction part will be, I will be interested to hear what some of you think about some of these ideas. So go with me to this text, if you will. There are ten questions that I want to ask you. Ten questions that summarize the idea, what do you expect from your preacher? I want to begin these questions in verse number 20. Here's the first thing that Paul said. Remember, he worked with them, he was around them, and so he's talking to them thinking he would not see them again, thinking that this was his last time, and so he is reminiscing with them what it was like while he was among them, while he was, if you will, located there for a while. Number one, what do you expect from your preacher? Do you want him to hold back or speak up? What do you think? Should a preacher be hesitant? Or do you want him to stand there and say whatever needs to be said? Hold back or speak up? Paul apparently said of himself, I did not hold back. I let it be known. I said it. One of the things that I developed in my time of preaching, and if you are looking at the sermon outlines that I give, some of you may not understand it. A lot of people do. They've been seeing it for so long. Up in the top left-hand corner of an outline, there is a part that has... A topic and a number. Well, I have divided all of the things that I, all my preaching comes from 12 major topics. And in those 12 topics, they are categorized even more specifically. And so in that top left-hand corner, you'll see the topic area where I put that particular sermon, the number, is just the next one in line. So that's what that is. Now, 
What I do, the reason I do that is because I want to see that I am not thinking and talking and preaching about one idea. I, I want to see the whole thing out there. And so Paul said, I don't hold back. Do you appreciate it when your preacher doesn't hold back, but rather when he speaks up? Do you support that kind of preaching? Number two in verse 20. I kept back nothing that was helpful, but I proclaimed it to you. What do you expect of your preacher? Do you want him to give you everything that's helpful or just the things that make you feel good? I remember at our house some time back, our granddaughter Zoe got a splinter in her finger, her toe, I don't remember where, toe I believe, running. And it was not it wasn't a little bitty thing. It was a pretty big deal. And she was losing it. Well, for a kid, I get it. The best thing you can do is get that thing out. That's what's helpful. Oh, but she fought it. I mean, she fought it. it took a while. But once it was out, everything's better. Not everything that's helpful feels good. Not everything that is necessary is pleasurable. As they say, sometimes you just have to take the medicine. Paul said what was helpful. Not necessarily what made them always be walking on the clouds. Do you want your preacher? Really, do you want your preacher to be helpful? Or just pleasurable? Number three. And I taught you publicly. Do you want your preacher, do you expect him to make a public stance? Or do you want to make sure that he doesn't ruffle any feathers? What do you want? Now, there's a way to take a public stance without ruffling feathers. I get it. You don't just want to make people mad. I mean, there are people who take a stand all the time. But in taking a stand, they're also not being helpful. In fact, they're being harmful. But Paul was a preacher who was willing and ready to state publicly Whatever needed to be said. The church should not be afraid to state publicly whatever is God's will. We don't need to run from it. Do you want your preacher to take a public stand? Do you want your preacher to be known because he stands here in this place on this idea? And I'm not talking about politics and community. I'm talking about the things of God. Don't you want your preacher to be known for standing for that which is right publicly? 
Or do you just want a preacher that avoids anything that might mess up somebody, might make someone mad? I don't think you do. Paul was not that kind of preacher. In fact, he said things and did things that got him put in jail and eventually cost him his life. Here's another one. He said, I proclaimed it to you publicly and from house to house. Do you expect your preacher to be in your life or just sort of around your life? This is very near to my heart. What is it that Paul was doing? What was he saying? Well, Paul not only stood up and preached in public, as it were, but he would go and sit down in people's houses and discuss with them and to talk with them. The greatest moments that I have ever spent in preaching have not been in a pulpit on a stage, but they've been in an office with someone sitting on a couch. Or they've been in a home where somebody's hurting. Or they've been in a hospital. Those kind of interactive things. Do you expect your preacher to be involved in your life? <coughs> or you just want him standing over there in the corner? He sort of knows you. You know him. But do you want him to invest in your life? That's what I believe is the better way <clears throat> to say I'm going to invest in your life as far as you will let. What do you expect from your preacher? Go to verse 21. Paul said, I testified to the Jews and to the Greeks. Do you expect your preacher to... Speak with and to every single person or just us. We're in a time when there's a lot of concern that there are people who are considered to be secondary citizens to everybody else. Well, I'm going to put in play one of the things that I believe and I've already asked you about publicly. I'm going to say it about with me. There is nobody, no one, not a single individual that I don't want to talk to as it relates to spiritual things. I don't care what your skin color is, I don't care about your economic background, your gender, what country you came from. I don't care what kind of back life you have had. I don't care what kind of life you're involved in now. I think every single person deserves to hear, and you should expect that from your preacher, do you? Expect that every single person, not just us, not just our group, but everybody <clears throat> gets a chance 
because your preacher chooses to do that. Again in verse 21, what did he preach? What did he testify? He said he preached repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. What do you expect about your preacher? Do you expect him to call you to repentance when it is needed? Or do you want him just to avoid those very difficult things? I'm thinking of a man in my head who uh, was here for many, many years. And he often would say to me, I need you every now and then to step on my toes. Well, I know what he's talking about. I understand what he's saying. But there are a lot of people who never want to hear that kind of thing. Don't get in my life that deeply. Don't even think about trying to call me to something better. I, do you want your preacher to make it known that when repentance is needed, I'm going to call you to repentance? Or do you simply want him to leave you alone and let you just float down on the calm waters of life. I think Paul was unwilling to avoid the subject of repentance. Look down now at verse 27. He said, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Do you expect your preacher to touch every single topic that addresses the Christian life? Do you expect that every single thing that God expects and wants and desires should be addressed by your preacher at some point? When Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he told him, reprove rebuke, and exhort. In other words, do it all. T to reprove is to say, no, that's not right. To rebuke is to say, you need to stop. But then to exhort is to encourage and build up and help. And that requires preaching across the wide variety of topics. Paul said, I declared the whole counsel of God. I'll say, I don't want it to be said in whatever length of time I am here through my life that there were any topics that were God's topics that I refused to preach about. Or there are questions that need to be answered, things that need to be said. I want to be that kind of preacher. Do you expect your preacher to teach the whole counsel of God, even if it steps on your toes just a little bit? Look at verse 29. Paul said to those men, I know this, 
After my departure, <clears throat> savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Do you expect your preacher to warn you about the troubles that may be on the horizon? Or just to turn a blind eye and act like everything is okay? I had some advice in my young years of preaching that I thought was extremely wise, and it's proven to be so. And that statement was, don't bring to the church a problem that is not here. But if it begins to raise its head, then deal with it. But in the meantime, preach the kinds of things that when the problems come, the answers will already be in what has been preached without bringing the problem here when it does not exist. That was wise advice. It is very <clears throat> true that there are problems in the world. We understand that. But there are problems in the Lord's church. There are things that have happened through the years that our brethren are doing or have done that needed to be addressed. Some of them had not gotten to this place or the other one where I have preached, but others have. I don't want to bring them in, but I want to prepare people for when they might come. And I certainly, when they come, if they do, want to stand up with our elders and fight. Do you expect your preacher, <clears throat> therefore, to warn you? The only way he's going to be able to do that is to know what's out there, to read and study and be prepared and listen. Do you want him to warn you or turn a blind eye? Look at verse 32. Some of his last words, he said, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. <clears throat> Do you want your preacher to help you and challenge you to dig deeply into Scripture, or are you satisfied with the surface type? preaching. Are, are you willing to open up the text and dig? Are you willing to get into the study? Do you want to hear what's really going on down deep? Or do you just want to have the kinds of things that just sort of flow, they're easy, it's the obvious stuff on the page? What do you want from your preacher? Paul said, I want you to know that I'm commending you to God's Word that can build you up. A physical body cannot be built up just on fruit, on the fruity snacks, pie, and cake, even though a lot of people like those things. But there has to be some digging deep in the food chain, getting some good stuff in your body. Same thing spiritually. If you want to thrive spiritually, if you want to be built up, there has to be more to it than the surface. 
Finally, in verse 32, He did all this hoping to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Do you want your preacher, do you expect your preacher to talk about eternity, to, to put everything in the subject of eternity, or just to deal with this life? How do I feel better today? How do I get over this problem or that problem? Or, or how do I fix this relationship? Or, or how do I be a better employee or employer or, or a better friend? Or, or a, all of those are good. But if all of those are preached merely to deal with what's in this life, then that's not preaching. Everything Paul talked about, was because there's an inheritance in eternity. Everything preached needs to have a connection to eternity. Sure, it has a connection to this life because we're here. But if it doesn't have a connection to eternity, just think what we're missing. What do you expect from your preacher? Eternal talk or Temporary talk. I recommend these 10 questions from the ministry of Paul, and I ask you, what do you expect from your preacher? Now, why did I have this? <clears throat> well, I, I, I wanted to have us an opportunity to think, <clears throat> to think about what you think a preacher ought to be doing, and to give me time also to rethink what I ought to be doing as the preacher. But to close, I want to flip it just a little bit. Take these same ten questions sometime and ask them of yourself. What do you expect of yourself as a Christian? As a Christian, <clears throat> how do you think that you ought to use these things? Do you think that you ought to speak up? Do you think you ought to be helpful with yourself? Do you think you ought to be public in your stance as a Christian? Do you think you need to be involved in the lives of your Brethren, do you think you ought to open your life up to everybody and not be cliquish and close off from people? Do you think you ought to be one <clears throat> who's willing to call people to repentance when you know that they have sinned? Do you think you ought to study everything in the whole counsel of God? Are you willing to warn people when you know something potentially dangerous is out there? Are you willing to warn them yourself? Are you one who wants to have deeper Bible study? Are you just satisfied with a verse of the day? Finally, what do you expect from yourself? Do you think about eternity? Do you think past this life? Are you so connected here? That eternity gets lost in the now. I hope these questions are helpful. I hope this 
concept today of expectation has been helpful in your life. It has been in mine. And I pray that it will be. And now as we always close, may God bless our country. May God bless our church. May God bless every single one of us to do as He expects so that we can get from Him what we expect. Thank you for joining us tonight. Again, if we can help you in any way, please reach out and let us be of service in your life. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.